This is the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast interview with Mai Abe. This is like my baby, I think. <laughs> um, like this is an opportunity for me to share like how music is so powerful and impactful and what I want people to walk away with after they go through this course is to have like real life applications where you can actually utilize your music and a better understanding of your relationship with your music. And I think that that's so important because when we understand a little more in depth how we relate to our music, then we can actually start using music more mindfully and consciously in a purposeful way. You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Coyote, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast. In my conversation with Mai today, we dive into music as self-care why it's so important for us to be using music as self-care as music therapists ways to use it and also a six-week course that she has recently created and should be uh, starting around the release of this episode so check out the show notes to see the link to that and consider taking the course we also talk about her conservatory training and how she found her way to music therapy, created her private practice during COVID essentially, and has grown that. And again, how self-care has tied into all that along the way. Uh, Mai is the creative mastermind behind Creative Vibes Music Therapy. So again, check out the show notes to find links to her website, her course, and all the social media platforms. If you're enjoying the show, please let us know by leaving a review on iTunes. That really helps the show be more visible in this conversation. Mai says that she just discovered the podcast not too long ago. And uh, as you'll hear, I say, well, there's lots of other uh, shows like this too, with everyone having kind of a different take on how they're going to present music therapy in a podcast platform. So those reviews really, really help this podcast be visible so people who are looking for this type of content can find it. And I appreciate each and every one of you for leaving a review. You can also support the podcast by subscribing to the show so that the episodes are downloaded to your player each week and you can follow us on social media where I post polls and behind-the-scenes content. You can see pictures of the guests and some of their quotes. Um, social media is a great place to connect with you guys. I think I would say I'm most active on Instagram, but we also have our Facebook group where I'd love to see some more people diving into conversations about what you're hearing on the episodes. Um, what are your thoughts? Obviously, you hear the guest and you hear my take on things just by listening. So what are your takeaways from the episodes? For today, we're going to get into self-care. So I hope you're ready for this conversation with Mai. My welcome to the Music Therapy Chronicles. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, thank you so much. That's uh, that's really nice to hear. Yeah, I, I like love your podcast. I saw it or I ran upon it. Um, I think it was maybe a couple months ago, and I was like, wow, I didn't even realize that there were music therapy podcasts. That's awesome. Yeah, I so I launched the podcast 
maybe like a year and a half ago and since then there are so many more popping up like podcasting is the new blogging uh, and it's Mm -hmm. great to see everyone's different take on using this platform so yeah there's lots of stuff out there for anyone listening if this is all you found so far dig a little deeper because there's tons of music Uh therapy content so to start us off can you tell the listeners about yourself and your uh, musical journey yeah, so um, I got into music really young. I think like one of my earliest memories of music is I, I would sit my mom down and then we would sing Disney songs together and I'd always force her to be the guy, you know, and I always sing the girl's part. Um, so like that's like one of my earliest memories. Um, and then I started playing piano when I was about seven and then clarinet when I was about 10. Um, and music for me, I, I had always felt so drawn to it. I thought it was just so interesting, like all those different sounds you could put together and like, you know, just like how the melodies happen and how, you know, even just within one key, there's so many options. So um, I ended up going to my undergrad at the Eastman School of Music. I did clarinet performance and I was also a psychology major. Um, and just halfway through, I just was feeling really burnt out. Um, and I think this has been a thing that I've been going on for a long time, um, but I didn't really realize until I was like maybe 20. Um, but I was so focused on the product, on making it sound good, on being the best, that I forgot that I actually liked playing music and like forgot to enjoy the process. So for me, it was such a confusing time because music was both my biggest source of like self-doubt and like self, um, self-hatred maybe. Um, but it was also like one of my biggest coping mechanisms because after, you know, maybe I would practice clarinet, I feel really bummed out, you know, just, it's not the best. And then I would go into a practice room and I would just sing songs and play music just for fun. Um, so it was really interesting how that was like contrasting in my life at the same time. Um, and that was kind of the time when I realized how powerful music can be you know like both positively and negatively and I think that's one of the things that really drew me to music therapy is that for me now I can focus more on the process of creating music together rather than focusing so much on what's coming out and what what I'm sounding like yeah I remember once I don't know if it was at a conference or, you know, somewhere someone said, like, when you apply to college for most majors, maybe you have an art portfolio if you're doing art, but you kind of just apply for biology or psychology or whatever. And that's where your training starts. But Mm -hmm. for musicians, our training starts, you know, in that fifth grade music class or that third Mm -hmm. grade music class with the recorder. And um, we're so conditioned for that product. Mm -hmm. and, And we go for that higher education and the emphasis on the product is even more and it's it's this duality as music therapists to tell our clients like it's the process anyone can do this it's fun it's engaging uh, and then go to our ensemble and lesson rehearsals and be in the whole other side of the music mindset mm-hmm. yeah and I, I think especially um, coming from like a conservatory um, setting uh, I think that it can get toxic. You know, you really have to be really careful. Um, I know that there's a lot of competitiveness and it's just in the classical music world in general, there's a lot of competition out there. You know, if you're not the best of the best, then, you know, you're, you're not going to get anywhere. Um, so I think just being in that mindset for so long really burnt me out because I hate like, you know, feeling like I can't be connected with my classmates or my peers because they're my competition and mm. you know they're they're getting in my way of whatever job might be in in front of me yeah so true they're your friends but they're also your competition mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. takes a, a very specific type of person to thrive in that environment and I know I am not I am not one of those types of people no, I did. I'm not one of those people either yeah yeah I, I specifically picked my university training based on like 
I don't want to be competitive. I want to play third <laughs> clarinet, and I want to be supported for that. <laughs> <laughs> so walk us through how... I guess you said you were using music kind of as your own self-care, singing songs and making that transition. So when did you discover music therapy and start tying the two together? Yeah, so um, I think this was my sophomore year of college. And I had actually failed my jury, Mm. um, which was like absolutely devastating to me. I was like, God, like, what am I doing? Like, this is so embarrassing. Um, And I was at Dunkin' Donuts with my mom. I was like crying. And um, my mom was like, hey, like you, you know, have you ever heard of music therapy I think it might be you know a good avenue for you to check out because you're also a psychology major and I know you're interested in that kind of stuff um and I had actually heard of music therapy before I had um a few friends in high school that went to college for music therapy um and I never really considered that for myself until maybe that day um and then I started doing a little more research into it I was like wow this is so cool like how awesome this is everything that i like about music and but also you know being able to connect with other people in that way is just so fascinating so that's kind of how i i got into it and then um i graduated i started my master's in music therapy equivalency down at loyola in new orleans and just and now here we are (laughs) yeah nice so interesting that you like you said you had that psychology training going on too while in conservatory so do you think that was kind of just like a subconscious thing or were you kind of like psychology on the back burner would be cool um well it's actually um my parents really insisted that I have a backup plan um, <laughs> I it. was very smart um so and I had always been interested in psychology um just I have this fascination with like people's stories and like their Mm -hmm. histories and like what makes people do what and like how do people get to this place that they are Uh, so that's always been something that I've been fascinated with for a long time Um, and I'm really glad I ended up doing that psychology major (laughs) thanks mom and dad yeah yeah that must have uh, really set set you up for success because I I would assume can't speak from experience but if you are like someone who only has conservatory training and then you go to an equivalency program like you're starting from scratch with that psych stuff but you mm-hmm. had that foundation to help you get through it which I'm sure was didn't make it not challenging cuz music therapy training is challenging but yes. <laughs> sir it helped you helped you a bit yes definitely um I feel like I feel that I had a little bit of an advantage going into it um, just because I had already had that training. So I'm very grateful. Yeah. I want to circle back to something else you said real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, you said you love hearing people's stories and like how they got to where they are. So I don't know if you or anyone listening has heard of the Make More Music podcast. No. Yeah. So Chris Millett runs that. Chris Millett is a music therapist, but he uh, essentially interviews music professionals in varying music professions uh and that's what he does he talks to them about like how they got to their profession and it's not just like you're a teacher or you're a professional musician there's a whole scope of different things you can do with music so if anyone else is looking for that type of content like we said there's lots of podcasts out there check out make more music for sure yeah i'll have to check it out thank you of course All right, so which part of your journey would you like to get into next? Um, You know, I would like to talk about um, why and how I utilize music and self-care. And I think this is a really important topic, especially right now during Mm -hmm. COVID. Um, Music, like as as we both know, it's such a universal language that everybody has some sort of connection with it um whether it's that you hate something you hate like a certain type of music or you really love a certain type of music and even as a even as teenagers like i would base my friend group based on the kind of music my friends will listen to you know and that's such an important part of development um and because this is such a thing that we can all access 
in some shape or form. I think that this is a really great way to utilize um, to, or to put into our self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so much research behind like why music and self-care is such a great thing. You know, uh, listening to our preferred music produces dopamine and that controls the reward centers in our brain. And it's like just listening has that effect and which is crazy. You know, you don't even have to do anything. You just have to listen to your music. Um, and it's also been, music can also lower perception of pain, both emotional and physical pain. And there's like a couple of reasons why people think that happens. Uh, they think it could be a distraction from the pain, that it provides like a rhythmic structure where we can release tension and a stimulus for deep breathing. And those are all allowing for better pain management. And another thing, maybe the more um, social emotional side is that music can represent these different emotional states and we can increase emotional understanding in each other. One example I want to give is um, I am like a huge Broadway person, like so obsessed with Broadway. I love it so much. Um, And for me, when I am maybe in a place where I'm feeling kind of tense or you know just feeling a lot of emotions all at once what really helps me is when I can put myself in the place of the certain character in the certain song and where they're at and I feel that that's like a much more cathartic release where maybe I couldn't exactly put words to it but that song has these words and I can relate to them and it's just like this oh cathartic release um and I actually just recently read this study, I think it's from 2007, but they um, examined how music evoked autobiographical autobiographical memories. Um, They could, how music evokes these certain types of memories. So they asked um, this group of people, Um, with a set of questionnaires where they asked about the cognitive and like the affective properties of like how these emotions came up and 30% of the songs just like random songs that they presented evoked some sort of autobiographical memory and they also evoked like these really strong emotions both positive mostly positive actually and the most common where the third most common emotion was nostalgia which I feel like we can all relate to, you know, I'm sure there were songs in your past and there were definitely songs in my past where I would listen to it. And it really just takes me back to that place. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, It's not an uncommon conversation in our profession to talk about balancing using music as a professional and using music for ourselves, which we touched Mm on um, when we talked about your conservatory training and it's even though like nothing you said to me to me is new information but it's like it's so Mm -hmm. nice to remind myself that oh yeah like listen even just sitting down to listen to my own music is giving Mm -hmm. myself something both chemically Mm -hmm. inside my body and like you know grounding myself um creating that nostalgia which is important and if they're that study you said if they're playing I don't want to say random music but if if most of the responses are positive then you know how much of the music we play needs to be preferred for ourselves and our Mm self-care how many times we just turn on the radio and like that does it right yeah I that's a really interesting study in itself you know I would like to do a little bit more um, research into it I Um, about like exactly what types of songs they use. Um, I think that's a really important factor in it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, like, that's just crazy. You know, they didn't really even utilize preferred music. So how powerful is music that 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 will do that for people? Yeah, I did a uh, it wasn't even a CMTE. It was just like a virtual self-care evening that uh, some of the New England music therapists were doing back in the early days of COVID <laughs> and uh, the person running running it was like uh, we were doing a multimodal transfer where she would play a song and we would create art and she was talking about how she's trained in the Bonnie method and she's always super 
uh, methodical about what music she is allowing into her space and allowing into her mind and like it's something she spends a lot of time on and she was doing this self-care course for nurses at the university she teaches at and found that most of these nursing students would just turn on the radio and that's how they used music for self-care and so for this music therapist who was trained in the bonnie method she was like what do you mean you just let any music into your space like you just let any music enter your brain at any time how is that self-care blah 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 uh and then she did some reflection on that mm-hmm. and started trying it herself and mm-hmm. found how effective it was uh mm-hmm. so like th- like there's two totally different schools of thought there Uh, But Mm -hmm. they're both valid and they're both important Mm -hmm. to recognize and to explore. So anyway, when she did this training, she she was like, you know, when I play my music, remember that like this music, these are my friends. And even if you don't like my friends, you still need to be nice to my friends. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, that made me think of that about how like for for years she had been all about this Bonnie method. And these nursing Mm -hmm. students kind of opened that up for her to be like, you can use music as self-care. I don't want to say less intentionally, but maybe less methodically. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's so interesting, you know? Um, like, we have to be so careful um, as therapists to not put ourselves in a box mm. that we cannot get ourselves out of, you know? And I, I see that a lot, in, even, like, within musicians where, you know, oh, I only play a certain type of music and this is the best type of music, um, you know. Um, and it, it's, it's so hard because like once you're in that box, you know, it's so hard to see any other perspective. Mm-hmm. But when you do see that other perspective and you're like, oh, like, wow, that's that's a different approach. And that will only make you like a better therapist. Yeah. Um, whenever people ask me, what type of music I like. Um, mm-hmm. And this is something I both consciously and subconsciously do. I say like, I don't I don't have a favorite. And I think that sets me up for more success in the clinical setting because if a client has their preferred music that I have identified as something I don't like mm-hmm. <laughs> or something that is also my favorite, I will obviously come in with certain uh, attachments or biases or mm-hmm. resistance toward using that. So by just being open to everything and, um, you know, sometimes the country station is playing, sometimes the classical music is playing, like being mm-hmm. able to integrate all of that. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, so you're making, in my mind, you're making the clinical practice and clinical application of different types of music easier because you're not going to have mm-hmm. those instant reactions one way or the other. Yeah, that was something that I had to learn, you know, over the past however many years I've been training to be a music therapist. But I remember when I was in um, school for music, I was had this really strict idea of you know what's good music and I would only listen to good music you know like anything else it's like oh that's just not it's not good enough but the more that I the more that I went through schooling the more that I've worked in music therapy you know it's it's not about whether it's good or bad right it's about you know what kind of connection do you have with it what kind of emotions what kind of feelings does it bring up for you you know what what does it do for you it's not about whether it's good or bad. And that was a huge lesson that I had to learn. It took me a while to get there. Mm. I, you know, and speaking to that, I am not perfect with it. There's so many times where uh, I grew up in a household where, like, classic vinyl was always playing, like, rock and roll, <laughs> um, Queen, and, like, all this, like, really intricate music, Boston, um, mm. And like, you know, where they had like bands playing on top of like the the minor, not minor band, but like the guitar and drums, but also with entire trumpet sections and trombone sections and like this very mm-hmm. intricate music. And now what we hear on the radio is like four chords over and over with a pop singer singing over it. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'm still like, wow, music is so boring now and like, blah, blah, <laughs> yeah. blah. But you're right. Like it's achieving the same thing. It's still bringing people together and helping them. Mm-hmm. Um work through their lives because they connect with the message that's being portrayed and it doesn't matter that there's not a whole orchestra playing with Miley Cyrus and all of her songs <laughs> she's not she's not doing a crazy guitar riff or anything and yeah. that's okay 
<laughs> yeah. So do you want to um, get into the resources you've been creating and putting out there into the world recently? Or is there another another pathway you want to take? Yeah, so I think um, this will tie in really nicely. So right now, um, we are offering a six-week course on music for wellness. And so I'll actually go through a couple of the things that we'll be covering. Um, but th this is like my baby, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, like this is an opportunity for me to share like how music is so powerful and impactful. And what I want people to walk away with after they go through this course is to have like real life applications where you can actually utilize your music and a better understanding of your relationship with your music. And I think that that's so important because when we understand a little more in depth how we relate to our music, then we can actually start using music more mindfully mm. and consciously in a purposeful way. So, so this is a six-week course, and we actually uh, go over four different ways that we can utilize music, and um, each week will be a different way. And we will discuss like why this is important um, and how we can utilize it. And there'll be a time where we all get together and we actually go through the process of using these tools for ourselves. So there's, so one of the ways is creating a playlist. And I'm sure you're familiar with the ISO principle mm -hmm. and how that's utilized in playlist making. But what space do you want to be at the end of this playlist? And when we can start with using a playlist, like where the music matches where we're at now, or maybe at a time where we're struggling, um, and then where it goes through where you want to be at the end of the, the playlist. And I think that that's like such a great and easy way to utilize music, right? Like we all, we all understand, you know, where we have certain music that really appeals to us when we're feeling angry or upset and then different music when we, that appeals to us more when we're trying to be calm and relaxed. So when we can actually go through that whole process and do that for ourselves, that's just a great way to be more self uh, inner, do some more inner work and be more, um, what's that word? Reflective. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and also I think listening to music mindfully and I know like that's just like, yeah, of course, like listen to music mindfully, but like really like listen to your music, right? Like I know I listen to music in the car all the time. And there were times where I, I realized, you know, two songs had gone by and I wasn't really listening to them. But when we really, really listen to the music that we're listening to, like asking ourselves, why is this a song that I want to listen to right now? Why is this song stuck in my head? Um, what comes up for me when I'm listening to it? Like, what are some memories? What are some feelings? Um, I actually had started journaling. Um, I, ha I got out of it this past couple of weeks, but I want to get back into it. Um, when I was listening to different songs that I have a really strong connection to, because I really wanted to understand why um, and how it was actually affecting me before and after I listened to the songs. Mm. And you know, when we're so much more mindful about that, then we can utilize that to our advantage. Um, and another another way um, I think that people can use at home is doing like a lyric analysis and rewrite for yourself. And I actually had a really great uh, workshop on this and I, I want to share some lyrics that I got permission to share. But um, so pick a song that really resonates with you and look at the chorus and see like why, you know, what is this person trying to convey? Because when we are trying to understand what the artist is trying to convey, we're also sneakily like being more introspective into our own experiences, right? Um, so my recent example, we did uh, Pompeii by Bastille. Do you know mm -hmm. that song? Mm -hmm. um, and they had chosen this song and we were talking about like, what, what does that song mean, you know? Um, and how it was both about like the city being buried in the volcanic eruption, but it was also like how we can rise above, you know, the walls tumbling down and we can always return to our inner truth. Mm 
Mm. Um, And the chorus, uh, I'll just read it to you, but the chorus goes, but if you close your eyes, does it almost feel like nothing changed at all? And if you close your eyes, does it almost feel like you've been here before? How am I going to be an optimist about it? How am I going to be an optimist about it? Which is like really powerful. Um, And man, it was just crazy. They rewrote these lyrics and I want to share them. So um, one of them said, but if you close your eyes, you would almost think that nothing could get worse. And if you close your eyes, does it almost feel like you're smiling though it hurts? How am I ever going to wrap my head around this? How am I ever going to talk to anyone about this? Just like, wow. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, it was so powerful. We were, it was a group of maybe three, three, four, including me. Um, and we were just going into this really in-depth discussion about like, what is our inner truth, you know, and how it can be scary sometimes to close your eyes and, and just when everything around you is tumbling down. And it can be scary to, to realize that maybe, you know, the only truth is your inner truth. Um, so that was just so powerful. But that's just an example of how powerful it can be to to rewrite these lyrics to fit your own experiences, you know? Yeah. And in doing that with this group, they were all able to connect through this experience. So you picked the song together. So they connected through their um, mm-hmm. choice of this song, but then they even tied it more specifically to themselves. And uh, especially that last part about acknowledging, like, how am I going to talk to someone about this, whatever it is? And if you know the person next to you is feeling the same way too, like, how am I going to talk to him about this, like this experience mm-hmm. in my life? Like everyone has those things. Uh, even the most put together people who you don't think have those things, they, they also have those thoughts. Like, how am I going to talk about X, Y, Z? Um, yeah. And cope with that thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. I know. I have one more I want to share because I, I really, they, they were just so great about it. Um, the other one was, but if you close your eyes, does it almost feel like everything's gone by? And if you close your eyes, does it almost feel like you've been all right? How am I going to be okay about this? How am I going to be true about this? Hmm. Yeah. Those are even, uh, I think, so, so Pompeii, correct me if I'm wrong, but they, a lot of the lyrics are questions like that. And so you, they have redone the questions and I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. Um, to even just take that and then either right then and there in a week use those as journaling prompts mm-hmm. right yeah 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 uh, we actually did discuss that you know like what you know what are these answers to these questions what you know what is that something that we need to be journaling about yeah um, so yeah could be a just, whole song in itself writing a song what? to answer those questions exactly that's a whole another song right, right right there yeah doesn't Bastille have a song it's like two songs with the same title and it's part one and part two but like they're written they're, the music is a different vibe but the lyrics are similar is it Do The they? Weight of Living I'm gonna look that up The Weight of Living oh, I don't know <laughs> I'll, I'll look it up if it's if I'm not crazy I will link it in the show notes for the people listening okay. <laughs> awesome and I'll link Pompeii too yeah yeah what good stuff did you do this with music therapists or did you do this with clients or with friends um I actually um so I did a workshop recently um where I just wanted to work through some of this stuff that I wanted to do for this course. Mm. So I offered it for free, um, found some people that were interested and yeah, they, they were awesome about it. They were really, I am so glad that I had those people there because they were just made me feel so much more confident about the things that I was producing. You know, at first I was like, Oh, I don't know if anyone's going to care about what I'm doing, (laughs) but yeah. I, uh, that makes me think, and obviously I don't know this group, but if I were to put myself in my shoes for them to feel confident, like sharing this creation, mm-hmm. then they must have felt some pride 
for creating it and knowing like they had done something important and that's why it's worth sharing so uh kudos to you for leading that and facilitating that that time for them thank you of course so when is has your course already started this won't be out for a little while but when does that start and end the course will start um i'm thinking either late october or like early november cool so that's about when this will be released so if you're listening it will be linked and uh get on that real quick yeah check it out what other i know you've been creating a lot of stuff online so what other um content that you've been putting out there do you want to get into yeah so um I started a YouTube channel, um, what was it? I think in January. Yeah, I have almost like, I have over 500 subscribers now, which is crazy, um, which is really cool. Uh, So a lot of it is just, uh, I started with talking about what music therapy is, how I got into music therapy. Uh, I also talk a lot about music psychology, you know, Mm. how music affects the brain. Um, One video that's really been popular is like how people in advertisement use music to make us learn things, which is really so interesting. Um, And uh, as COVID started, I've also been posting a lot of interventions, uh, free music classes for children on there as well. So if you like any of those things, feel free to subscribe to my channel. Yeah, your content is good, too. Uh, I enjoyed watching some of those videos. Thank I'm excited, you. too. The next one I have queued up is uh, your five essentials, I think, as a music therapist. Oh, uh, essential music therapist skills. I think it's is it the one about figuring a song out by ear or is it the five questions that people ask? Uh, the first one. The first yeah, one? Your yeah. Your essential tips. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that one was like really important to me because that was something that I struggled with so much figuring a song out by ear. I was like my whole internship that was just something that I could not do. Mm. Um, so <laughs> I was like, this is really important. I feel like if I struggle with this, and I'm sure there are people out there <laughs> that have struggled with that as well. Yeah, for sure. I remember that was there were two music classes when I went to school that people most often received tutoring in and they were music theory and aural skills because like music theory is very math based and like if that's Mm -hmm. not your jam that's cool and aural skills is like one of those things that you don't practice until you have to practice it and then it's just like you can't play the piano by yourself and do it because then you know what intervals you're like you need someone to do it with you (laughs) yeah and you know it's funny because like when I was in school for music I had all oral skills and I had theory but it like wasn't like practical applications Mm. of any of these skills you know it was just like you just do it in class and then you just you know that's it Uh, so (laughs) I was having a really hard time like connecting making the connections into like actual real life yeah yeah, for sure. And I was also thinking that uh, the classes, the music classes you have put up there too, are just great resources for music therapists looking for intervention uh, ideas mm-hmm. in, in general, but also especially right now, because obviously those are sessions you're leading through the computer. And most mm-hmm. of us right now are leading sessions through the computer and like, right. it's a whole different creative ball game. So um, <sighs> for people like you putting that stuff out there, it's like, all these resources for those of us being like, what the heck and bop do I do now? <laughs> these kids <laughs> on a screen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, telehealth is like a whole nother. That's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. <laughs> How much of your caseload is telehealth right now? Um, It's like, uh, I say like 95%. Mm-hmm. I actually, um, I was lucky enough, I recently just hired somebody as a subcontractor congratulations um, they, thank you yeah and they um just did their first outdoor session um earlier this week cool so we'll see you know it's been a crazy ride starting a private practice during COVID. yeah i was gonna ask so if you've already expanded enough to have a contractor too like tell us about that starting your practice during covid and and expanding that quickly oh man it's been it's been a ride you know it's i don't want to like it has been so interesting because 
it's really forced me to be like really creative. Mm. Like I, I couldn't just, you know, uh, before COVID, um, I had been doing a lot of cold calling and talking to people about music therapy. And we had actually established maybe about six contracts. I had, was like just about to start all of them. Mm. And, then, <laughs> and then COVID happened. So they all, they all had to cancel, um, which I was really bummed about. But that, I mean, that's the thing with, my YouTube channel and the things that I've been doing online, like it's really forced me to be more creative in my offerings and how I work. So I feel like I'm trying to embrace and accept all of it, which has been fun. Yeah. I want to say it's been fun. <laughs> I like that word because like it's been a challenging time, but I agree. It's been a fun time once you get past that hurdle to be like, oh, I'm back to what we said earlier. I'm not in a box and I can think creatively and I can mm -hmm. create other things that are valuable uh, that mm -hmm. aren't necessarily facilitating music therapy sessions all day, every day. Right, right. For sure. Is there anything else you want to get into before our rapid fire questions? Um, I don't think so. I'm a little nervous. Oh, don't be nervous. <laughs> so I, <laughs> the questions are all about you. So there's no wrong answers. Uh, the okay. questions are short, but your answers don't have to be. No pressure. Okay. <laughs> the first one's good. Yeah, the first one's like a, a warm up. So, coffee okay. Okay. or tea? Ooh, ooh, coffee. Mm -hmm. I, 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 it's actually funny because <laughs> I used to be a huge coffee drinker. Like I could not function without coffee, um, and recently just. I just kind of stopped drinking coffee um, or tea, but I, I still love the taste of coffee. So mm. coffee. Yeah. Do you think uh, COVID and telehealth has anything to do with the less need for coffee? Yeah, I think so. You know, I honestly, like maybe this is like an unpopular opinion, but I love telehealth. Like I know like it's, it's a little bit harder, but I love that, you know, I can just, on my computer and I have all my stuff here and I don't really have to go anywhere and I you know mm -hmm. I don't have to I can wear sweatpants if I want and I don't feel the pressure to like be somewhere at this exact time so yeah <laughs> yeah uh, there's definitely um pros pros to staying <laughs> at home all right early bird or night owl oh, total night owl it's <laughs> actually it's funny my internship supervisor she's like you know I I think you would just be a great therapist if you didn't have any sessions until after one <laughs> you need to be like a, a second shift music therapist <laughs> yeah, like, okay perfect my my internship site was at a state hospital and uh, I worked the first shift so regular mm -hmm. day hours but the second shift was 12 30 to 8 30 so Mm -hmm. Sounds like that'd be your jam. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> Something you would tell your younger self. Oh, man, so many things. So many things. Um, I guess what I would say, um, you know, you're not stuck hmm. in what you're doing. You know, you don't have to go the route that you feel you're supposed to if that makes sense my current self needed to hear that so thank you <laughs> good one your music therapy elevator speech oh um well first I say well what do you know about music therapy nothing you know what have you heard <laughs> And I'm like, wow. Oh, man. And then I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. I, I usually start with like trying to connect like um, music and music therapy. So I'll be like, oh, you know, have you ever had a really strong reaction to music before? Like, what was it like? Um, and then, you know, after they're like, probably say, yeah, yeah, you know, that's, that's happened. Um, well, you know, that's really awesome because as music therapists, we really harness the power that, that of just listening to music and you know your your emotional responses to music and we harness all of that and then we funnel that into uh, a powerful working on you know different goals a purposeful use of music mm. um and then yeah 
what else do I say? And then I'm like, do you want to hire me? (laughs) 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 I can do a session with you. Uh, I feel like it's usually the opposite. People are like, I need some music therapy. Will you come music therapy me? (laughs) Sure, I'll be right over. (laughs) Your, oh, this is kind of ironic. Your favorite self-care practice. Oh, yeah. Um, I would say, well, musical self-care practice, I would say just like really belting out some some Broadway songs mm. is like very, I feel cathartic for me. Um, non-music self-care practice, I would say is cooking. I love yeah. cooking. Yeah. Do you have a, a favorite or a couple favorite quarantine recipes you've been working on? Oh, you know, um, there's this Japanese curry. Um, it's it's called golden curry. I highly recommend it if you've never had it before. My mom used to make it for me when I was growing up. Um, and um, I, I went vegan maybe about two years ago. And this is one of the things that like doesn't have any meat or dairy products in it. And you can just put whatever you want in it, mm. pour it over rice, and it's always delicious. So it's like a really easy, quick, delicious meal. Yeah, I usually make my curry in a crock pot with tofu mm. with you know tofu and then whatever other curry mm-hmm. things and like you get home at the end of the day back when we used to leave the house and it was mm-hmm. like oh the whole house smells like curry and I'm like yes, so nice. curry mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. something that's currently adding value to your life something that's adding value to my life oh I I would just say the the people and well I have my dog my dog's right back right there but Aww. I would say really adds a lot of value to my life and the people that I surround myself with as well yeah well said thank you (laughs) your favorite intervention or song to use in a session oh yeah so um I recently wrote this song and it's called all my feelings are okay um and I say that I wrote it for my kids in my Zoom classes, but I really like wrote it for myself because it's funny. Um, when I was writing this song like the day before, I don't know what was going on, but I was just having a hard time. And I was just like, oh, it's not okay to be feeling like this. this is so crazy. Like, what am I doing? Um, and then I was actually had a, had planned to do a session on like our feelings the next day and I wrote that song I wrote the song in like 30 minutes um and so I'll, I'll just play it for you yeah has several different verses about different feelings that we have um like what do they look like you know it's okay to have all these feelings and like what can we do when we have big feelings like this um and that verse it's so funny I, I was literally doing 
all those things <laughs> like the day before so <laughs> it's a pretty relatable song for me yeah this week has been one of those for me too so that was good to hear <laughs> and I love any music intervention that incorporates a big deep breath um which is like controversial right now because breathing is controversial but like it's such an important skill that um our clients and ourselves need to practice uh, I, I used to have a tech at drum corps who would say sighing or breathing resets the body and like mm -hmm. you know if we all just practiced breathing a little bit more a little bit I know I, I always just like you know I feel like I'm really I can get really hard on myself because you know I I talk about all these things you know I say you know just take a deep breath ask for help you know it's okay it's okay to have these feelings but like there are times where I'm just so like ugh, like you're just being so ridiculous right now like you're just what are you doing you're so sad what are you gonna do about mm. it <laughs> so yeah. yeah it's a constant um constant learning experience yeah but that's what allows you to write the the songs like that that's a good one that's a good one <laughs> thank you thank you thank you for sharing and playing it live for us that was that was great all right the last question is where can people find you and connect with you yeah, so um, you can find me. My, my private practice is called Creative Vibes Music Therapy. Um, our handle on all social media is Creative Vibes MT for music therapy. So you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, and our website is also creativevibesmt.com. So that's where more information about our music for wellness courses. Great. I will link all of those and the course, which if uh, I got my timing right for this interview and release should be hitting right around the same time. So hopefully um, the listeners have learned something today and are ready to, to get more of what you're putting out because this is, this is awesome. And you're so right that this is the time when we need it, when the world needs it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for yeah. making the time to be on the show today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, Trisha. I really appreciate you having me on. I really enjoyed our conversation as well. Awesome. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you're feeling empowered to take some time for self-care and have some tools for how to use music in your self-care practice. And please consider taking Mai's course again, which is listed in the show notes. And as always, subscribe to the show so that you get our episodes downloaded. Find us on social media. Consider joining our group on Facebook. Uh, and if you or someone you know is interested in being on the show, please let me know by sending an email to hello at musictherapychronicles.com. Our quote this week comes from Audre Lorde. Caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare. <laughs>